0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Club Sports Podcast with Mike Rosenblum and Lee Rubin. We're looking to cover all club sports here on the show. And tonight we're joined by the owner and coach of the New Jersey Beasts AAU basketball program here in North Jersey, Perry Safey. Perry took some time out to join us tonight to talk about the current overall landscape of AAU basketball. We talk about how the shutdowns impacted the AAU 2020 season and what restarting play might look like and when. It was interesting to hear Perry's take on the recruiting process that takes place in the club basketball world, both in terms of recruiting talent for his program and in what he does to help his players be recruited by colleges at the next level. So come take a deep dive with us and Perry tonight into AAU basketball on the Club Sports Podcast. We're here with Perry Safey, the owner of the New Jersey Beasts AAU basketball program here in North Jersey. We appreciate you taking some time with us on a Sunday night.
1: Thanks for being here tonight.
0: Perry, New Jersey Beasts. Young program, three years in, it sounds like you've had some pretty immediate success. Was there a, a, a turning point to that, or did you guys just hit the ground running and have good
2: fortune right away? So we, we, we launched in uh, 2017 uh, with just a 16U team, a, a, a group of sophomores at the time. Uh, we, we tried to recruit from established high school programs, and you know we got lucky with uh, a few you know, committed kids, kids that maybe di- didn't get an opportunity from other programs and believed in what we were trying to do. And, you know, started off with three, four kids. And, you know, we won some games and, and we got some recognition. And, and that led to our 2018 team where uh, now we were able to recruit uh, on a, at a higher level. And it really, it really turned with uh, kid Jack Cavanaugh, who was at Pope John at the time? Transferred to Sparta High School. He he's a kid that was at um, PSA Cardinals Nike sponsored team that's had guys like Cole Anthony, who's going to be a top five pick in the uh, NBA draft next year. And 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 the thing that we try to sell a kid like Jack Cap on on is, um, you know, instead of being number seven, eight, nine on a PSA Cardinals, you can come in and be number one with us. And he bought in, and we you know we parents bought in and. From there, we were trying to. We were able to recruit similar types types of kids.
1: Harry, we have a. We have. I'm sorry, Mike, but we have a kind of a similar kind of. I, I just love hearing you know how you guys got your start. We had a kind of similar start as well. Obviously, this isn't about us, but you know, we had one. You know, we started with one team. It was a younger age division, twelve year olds, and we had a little bit of success. And we got a couple players who really kind of changed the culture for us. Uh, next thing you know we're winning it's a whole lot easier to promote your program when when things are you know going well you know how do you guys and but you use the words you know recruit and and we're a club softball program you know we don't really talk we don't use the words recruiting we use tryouts all those sorts of words but how do you guys get your message across um, and is recruiting as much as the lifeblood of a club program as it would be you know for a college
2: program yeah no it's um there's a lot of recruitment going on in the AU world as well. We'll go to some of these showcase games, and and I'll see three, four, five other programs sitting there uh, looking to get other guys on on board. And I think one thing that separates us from others is that we'll we'll talk to the families, we'll we'll talk to uh, the kids, and and you know if we take Jack Kavanaugh for example, he he was kind of pigeonholed. Uh, on the uh, other programs he w- he was with as kind of a shooter, and we 're just going to put him in the corner and uh, let him do his thing and and feed off feed off others with us right. other programs or or when colleges were recruiting him on the platform that we were able to uh put in place, they see that okay he can do things off the bounce he can get out in transition he can defend he can set set other guys up because we put the ball in his hands and, and let him make, make his mistakes, but, but they saw the versatility as opposed to kind of, hey, you're number seven, eight, nine, put him in the corner. So that, that, those are the messages we got across when recruiting. And then to go back to your question, you do see a lot of it at the club level. Um, and I would say the club level, AU you know, side of things is probably more important to a kid's recruitment into college more so e- even than the high school level um,
0: it sounds I, like your recruitment role is almost very similar to that of what i would envision as a college coach sort of going into the living room old school college recruitment going into these families living rooms and selling your program and the benefit that that can have towards a player
2: I, I, that's the approach that we take because we're, we're you know we build this family atmosphere some others might take the approach of you know the numbers game, and and they'll recruit 30, 40 kids. Uh, you know we take the rifle approach. We you know maybe there's three, four kids that we'll really pinpoint, and and we get to know the families, we get to know the kids, that sort of thing. And, and we also rely on the success that we've had with others, and they'll help do the recruiting for us. Right. Okay. So hey 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 Jack, go. Why don't you go talk to uh, Kion and go talk to you know some of these other guys and they'll tell you you know some of the things that we've done so that that peer to peer system has worked for us as well
0: does it help to have does it help to eventually for you to expand to younger age levels and have your own feeder system or is the AAU world more of a recruiting at the high school level kids are changing teams and looking for opportunities at those older ages
2: you know that's a good question i i think everybody does it differently i mean this is a passion for me, this is a hobby. This is not you know some of those others uh other programs that that maybe they have eight ten different age groups you know this might be a source of income this is a, it's more of a business type thing you know I, I'm funding most of this we'll we'll come we'll come up with some outside uh, funding as well, but this is really about building individual relationships that you might not be able to do when you have ten age groups and who knows, I don't know, 150-plus kids rotating in and out uh, year by year. I mean, also, you know, kids develop later in the game. I mean, we've been very good at identifying the the under-the-radar kid that maybe wasn't the sexy name when he was 13, 14, 15. Maybe he's developed a little later. Maybe he hasn't had the right platform. We'll catch him when he's 15, 16. And now, all of a sudden, you know, they blossom in this environment and, and this is a, becomes a stepping stone to the next level. Well, you've uh, obviously
0: you- found some success there. If after only three years, you guys are already a top five program in the state. And now, for the first time, you're going to be participating in the hoop group tournaments. So wouldn't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: So, yeah, there's uh, so we, you know, we have been participating in the hoop group uh, tournaments, but. They also have launched some uh, something they call the Hoop Group Select League. Uh, they launched this a few years ago, and what they do with, you know, I guess within their tournaments, they they provide a a showcase for this. They've hand handpicked uh, the top 32 programs within the East Coast that might not fall under the Nike and Adidas uh, and, and Under Armour uh, circuits. So they're, we're kind of that next level, you know, low-major, mid-major kids get picked for this in, in such a short amount of time was uh, was a huge win for us. Uh, it's going to provide an opportunity for more exposure for our kids, and it's also going to provide us an opportunity to maybe get get some more talent uh, in with our program. Basically, the way they, they set this up, it's almost like a, a league within the tournaments They'll start it off the Friday night before these tournaments begin. You know, they'll set up these showcase games within the top 32 teams. These tournaments run from April through July. And there's a point system that, you know, from as these tournaments progress, they have a whole standings and then you you have an opportunity to play for a championship in July. So to be part of that and get more exposure and, you know, it's a huge win for us. Harry, I wanted before we we kind of
1: touch on the the current state of affairs here with the obvious, you know, just the the whole world shutting down because of COVID and how it's affected you and your players and, and, you know, what you love to do and coach and, and your program, you know, just a little bit about your experience with AU basketball, you know, your experience in general with basketball. Did you play personally AAU? I'm, you know, I'm sure you you did. And and how you see things, how they have changed over time, and and what direction you know things are continuing to go. So just a little background, you know, uh, on your experiences.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I graduated high school in 2004. I did play AAU when I was in high school. Uh, I've made some of my you know some of my best friends and best memories during those times. But it, it's a lot different. Uh, it, it's social media has changed a lot of things uh, as far as uh, exposure and, and access to video in real time. And and the way these kids promote themselves and market themselves and the way colleges can recruit a kid, you know, in, uh, instantly, you know, just through video and, and Twitter and, and Instagram and that sort of thing. You know, these are things that we didn't have around 15 plus years ago. So, the, you know, Instantly being, being able to connect with a kid. I remember when I was recruited in high school, you know, programs had to come come and watch and, you know, figure out a way to contact me, whether it was through my head high school coach or, or through peers and find out who the parents were. Now you can, you know, you can look up a kid online and, and figure out a way to message him in real time. So, right. you know, or you but, can
1: scroll your Instagram page and, you know, you got you know, kids with millions of hits and there's like celebrities at this point. And this is, you know, it's, it's Zion. It's all these guys. And, you know, even young kids, middle schoolers, I mean, they've got 50 million views. They got a billion likes. It's just insane.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, now, you know, it could be a very good tool, a very powerful tool, but at the same time, as coaches on this level and also coaches at the next level, you, you know, you got to be careful and you still have to kind of sift through what's real and what's not. And, and, you know at the end of the day, I think that connecting with with kids on a personal level outside of you know social media and that that sort of thing it, it it's still very important it's still very powerful and The coaches that do that successfully instead of kind of you know dming and and that sort of thing i i think those are the ones that succeed in in this whole world
0: so if we transition now from what your experiences are in a a u to what's currently going on in that in that a a u universe. You know, your season runs, you were saying, early March through August. Did you get off the ground at all here, or have you pretty much been shut down through for your whole season at this point?
2: Yeah, no. Unfortunately, we've been uh, uh, we've been shut down, Mike. So we we, we were actually uh, our first tryout would have. So we we call it a tryout. It's an invite only thing. I mean, we we more or less know eighty ninety percent of who we're gonna have, but we you know we still give an opportunity for you know, those last couple roster spots and what have you. So that that Saturday before the shutdown, before, you know, uh, other businesses shut down that, you know, that, w- that was going to be our, our first date. And we didn't know, we, we didn't know it was going to last this long. It, it kind of became a week by week thing until yeah. uh, what it's become now. So from, from that moment to now we've, we've tried to pivot and the kids rely on this a lot for their recruitment. We what we've done is be able to reach out to to programs with video and and just establish those relationships. So when things do do open up, uh, you know we're we're just trying to stay proactive and and push our kids. You know I was just on the phone earlier with James Madison University. Uh, this past week we've you know we've been on the phone with St. Peter's and Wagner and Siena nice. and Fairfield and these kind of schools just to keep uh, you know. Some of our guys on their radar. So when things do open up, they're ready to go and uh, hopefully recruit some of our guys.
1: Yeah, they move back the and, you know, we know for softball, it's it's on, on our side. Uh, they move back the, the dead period right to July 31st. I, I think that's the same for all sports across the board for us. It it you know, it's really it kills not doesn't kill us, but it certainly affects us. You know, because the girls that we have are looking to get recruited in the months that they're playing, you know, softball, how does the, the deadline being pushed back affect you guys in the basketball world? Are they, you know, does the fall now take a different significance for you guys? And how do you respond to, you know, the contact and the dead periods going on that are going to go through August, pretty much?
2: Yeah, So, so in a normal situation, we would start playing our first tournaments in early April. And... The last two weekends of April is uh, what they call the live period, and that's when Division One and Two schools can act- actively come right. and, and recruit and what have you. So obviously with that shutdown in May and June, June July shutdown, uh, there's a couple weekends in July also which uh, are open for the live period events. What I'm hearing now, some of these uh, tournaments that are very hopeful and they, they want to get something on the schedule for August and September, So we're just trying to keep our guys motivated and fresh. And hopefully uh, things will open up in in, in those months. Um,
0: What have you guys been doing as a program? You said you were hoping to keep your guys motivated and fresh. How have you been utilizing the technology as it's become available to us? What have you been doing with your team to keep their skills sharp?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've done some Zoom stuff. We've brought in guest speakers. We've brought in some kind of outside resources to you know, Hey guys, this is what you should be doing during this time. It's very easy for these guys to get uh, complacent and lazy during this time. So those who can self-motivate and and stay in shape and they're going to be the ones to separate themselves from, from the others. So these are the sort of things that we're, we're we're trying to tell these guys and, and keep them positive, you know, by, Hey, everything's going to work out in the end. Okay. The, the, the schedule is going to shift a couple months. Okay. And everybody's in the same boat as you. Okay. You, you know, our, our 10, 15 guys, you you know, it's not just you guys. Every other program is going through the same exact thing. Every college I've talked to is going through the same exact thing. So it's, let's not, this is not the end of the world. This, you know, things are just going to get shifted. And based on our past relationships that we've built from, from uh, previous classes, colleges trust what we do okay they trust the guys that you know that were that are part of our program and that's going to give you a leg up so let's stay in shape let's stay sharp things are going to get back to normal at some point whatever that means and let's be ready so hopefully it's going to be end of july early august let's be ready okay
1: yeah we shared that message with our with our girls as well as you know and when things do start up there's not going to be any there's not going to be any excuses right if the schools that you want to go to her in the gym that day, it's not going to be, well, listen, you know, I've had a few months off here. I'm a little bit rusty. They're going to, I mean, they're going to have to show out right away. There's, you know, there's no excuses. Would you agree with that? Her?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think part of our success too is getting these under, under the radar guys, the guys that wanted guys that have maybe been looked over. So we, we give them any type of motivation, any, you know, on a week to week basis to uh, get them excited, get them intrigued, get them, ready so that when things do open up, uh, they're ready to go. And I, I feel very good about these guys. We've started, parks are starting to open up a little bit. We found some outdoor courts. Uh, you know, I was at a kid's house this morning who has a hoop in his backyard. You know, you know, so these are the sort of things that I'm trying to do. You know, I'm going around, we're, we're, we're kind of, let, let's keep them going. Because before you know it, you know, five, six, seven weeks, you know, things are going to open up. And we got to be ready.
0: As you've been hearing from some of these tournaments about shuffling schedules and reopening in August, have you been given any guidelines to what reopening play looks like? You know, this is what we're currently going through at the softball level is getting a bunch of this information uh, in real time. Things are changing day to day. What sort of guidelines are being passed down to you for what reopening play is going to look like?
2: Yeah, same, same thing. I mean, it's been a day to day, week to week thing. I think some of the things that have happened in the past week or two, you know, from the government and then it looks like businesses are going to start opening up, you know, graduations are going to, you know, at, a, at some type of capacity are going to start coming uh, to fruition in, in, in early uh, July. So I, I, these, these are all good signs. And what we're hoping for is, you know, New York, New Jersey area, where we, where we are has kind of been hit the hardest. I think other tournaments in the Midwest, in the down South are actually going to start earlier, I think uh, mid to end of June. Some of the programs that we work with uh, and tournament uh, directors that we work with in, in this area are waiting to see what happens, kind of use them as the guinea pig. Let, let, let's see what happens. And uh, we're going to follow suit. I know outdoor camps are going to start opening. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're trying to stay positive. We're, we're trying to encourage these kids that that especially the 2021 class you know I feel bad for them but we're going to get through this they're going to be in good position let's just stay in shape let's stay positive let's keep working hard we're going to get through this
1: yeah Perry I want to just shift a little bit recruiting AAU is such the the what seems to be the you know it's everything for recruiting and kids who want to play uh, in college is, you know, their, their AAU teams and where they travel, the tournaments they play in, all those sorts of things. But being from New Jersey and the schools that we have in this state, St. Anthony, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's obviously uh, no longer, but, you know, even there's a, a large amount of great high school programs, uh, prolific high school programs. But what role does high school basketball still play if it no longer seems to be the place where – you are going to find your college fit. I mean, is it more about the competition? I mean, where, where does high school fit in with a, a high school player's career? I mean, what, what is it all about? What does high school become?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's more, there's more structure in the high school game. You're you know, some of the top programs, you're almost emulating what a, a college program will look like. Okay. So the, you know, the coaches have an opportunity to be with the kids every single day for, uh, for that three, four-month period. For, you know, it's a lot different from when I was in high school, where, you know, for the most part, you kind of stayed in your public high school. You know, you saw some kids go to the, you know, local or, or nearby Catholic or, or private schools and what have you. But it was, it was a lot more of an even playing field. Now you're seeing a lot of high schools kind of consolidate all the top talent and and kind of structure things more uh, close to what a college program would look like. AAU, now we try to do things where we're with the kids two, three days a week before these tournaments, but these tournaments are just, it's a lot of up and down basketball. There's, there's probably little time to scout another team, understand their strengths and weaknesses, and, and you might be playing three, four games in a day. Uh, six seven games in a weekend so it's a lot of up and down and you know lack of defense that sort of things where where I think high school is a little more tighter in the way they operate the on the court stuff it's tough I mean it's it's and I feel for some of the the college recruiters um, because they're, they're they don't have time they're in season during the high school you know in the winter they might they, they get two weekends in April, two weekends in, in July to kind of evaluate a kid for five, 10 minutes. And they're pulling the trigger and offering a kid a four-year scholarship. That's right. why it's turning into the transfer portal this past year was over a thousand kids. I mean, so do the math. I mean, that's about, that's about three, almost three kids per college program uh, that's transferring. So there's a lot of, you know, guessing, there's a lot of hit and miss, there's a lot of trying to build these relationships and trust and, and transparency, but it, it it's tough. And then, and then the kids too, they, you know, they always want something bigger, better. They're getting poor feedback from whether it's parents or their handlers, and there's a lot less loyalty. So, you know, it becomes a crapshoot. but.
1: Yeah. Well, there seems to be to touch on that. It just seems to be this second round of recruiting that happens when you you know, after your freshman year, if it doesn't go so well, you know, you have this transfer portal you can now jump into and you can change your mind. And, you know, you got to wonder the thought process uh, of these kids as they enter their schools thinking, you know, maybe if it doesn't work out, I can just kind of head someplace else, you know, and and you don't have, and, and, you know, they may change the rules on that. Is that right, Perry? Are they going to change potentially the one year transfer rule where you can be eligible immediately?
2: Yeah. I, I, (laughs) you know, these, these rules are changing so much that it's uh I haven't been able to keep, keep uh, track sure. of them, but, but one thing that, that I've tried to articulate to some of our kids is that, you know, you, you never want to go to a school with, with, you know, one foot in, one one foot out. I mean, you know, let's build the relationships with the coaches. Let's, let's get a feel for the, you know, the way they operate. And, and this is where you want to be for four years. Um, you know, and of course, uh, you know, Every situation is different, and, and you might get a, a couple of kids here and there that transfer out. But you never want to go into a situation where, let me see how this goes, and, and if it doesn't work out, you know I'm I'm
1: right. I, mean, I can take
2: because off. you're setting your, you're, yeah you're setting yourself up to failure. And we're big on don't chase level. Let's get a four-year scholarship. Let's let's get the best overall experience, both athletically and academically. So when, when you do graduate in four or five years, or whatever that time is, you know, some of our guys might have an opportunity to go play overseas, or I mean, if they, you know, professionally in, in some capacity, but you, you got to set yourself up for the, for the real world as well. And, and that's the big thing that we're trying to uh, uh, convey to our kids.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you guys are fairly involved in the, uh, the decision making process, not just setting them up with with their contacts and relationships but in helping them and guiding your players to the best, best decisions for them. What's the, next, what's the future look like for your program? What, what's your three-year plan? Like, What's the next step for the New Jersey Beasts here? Uh, you know, you re- very quickly have become a top five program in the state at the level that you're at. Is it, is it expanding to more teams? Is it hoping to make a jump to that, that major level of AAU basketball? What is it that you foresee?
2: Yeah, I think it's a combination of you know it's a fine balance of we you know we want to compete we want to win games, but at the same time we want to put our kids in the best possible situation to succeed in life. So if we can do both of those at the same time, and um, you know maybe maybe expand to another team uh, with a group of uh, you know like a 15U, uh, I, I think that's where the uh, you know the, the next two three years where where we see things. You know, we've had, you know, this past season was our second graduating class. We've we've beaten some pretty you know, established programs that have been around for 15, 20, 25 plus years. But now we, you know, if we can get into semifinal games, final games, and start winning some of these tournaments, and at the same time, uh, give the kids a you know, just a very good experience. And then some of the other things that we want to do, we want to get, you know, we're talking a lot about basketball. We want to get involved with the community. I would love to. You know, now we're talking two, three, four years. Now we're going to have some of our guys maybe pretend. You know, graduate in college. I would love to get them back involved with the program when they finish and and do more beyond beyond just basketball.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it sounds like you've created a family and community environment within your program. Last question before we wrap it up here is. Do you see, uh, to bring it back to current state of affairs, do you see what's currently happening in the world, coronavirus, pandemic, any impact on the AAU world that you see moving forward? Or you think once we're able to get back in the gym and things are are open, you think things will continue on the course they were on? That's sort of what we're taking our approach as we look deeper into all of these club sports is what's the impact that this is going to have, not just on immediate play, but... The nature of that club sport moving forward—any impact for you as an AAU coach?
2: Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I do not I don't know. I, I think it starts from the top. So I know—I uh, think it starts from the NBA. Uh, the NBA has announced that they're—they're they're doing this uh, G League where where uh, kids can make that jump from, you know, from high school. I think they need to meet some uh, type of criteria. I'm not fully educated on that, but you know, you're going to start seeing the cream of the crop uh, that that doesn't fall in our world, but you're going to start seeing them uh, jump up and then we'll see. Then there's the whole trickle down effect. I know Nike has announced that on their circuit, you know, they're, they're essentially canceling the entire season. Peach Um, jam's
1: canceled, right?
2: So, so that's canceled. I guess everybody's kind of waiting to see what Adidas and Under Armour does. And we're, we're kind of that next level underneath. So will some of those kids now start trickling down to, to our level? Does that mean we need to start opening up spots for some of those guys, which we don't like to do? I mean, it's going to be interesting, but, uh, we're you know, we're taking it kind of, uh, you know, week by week. We, we don't want to, you know, kind of dilute what we're trying to do by just, you know, getting wins. Uh, I'm very, you know, we, we care about these kids. Um, you know, it, basketball is kind of the the, the the platform, but there's so many other things that go beyond that. I mean, one, one of my best memories is, you know, we talk about the wins and the commitments and that sort of thing. But one of my best memories is, you know, I get married about uh, 18 months ago, and we have two kids crash the wedding and get up and do a speech and talk about how they loved being <laughs> part of the program. You know, these are the sort of things that, that I love being a rep. Um, I hope
1: your wife loved that as much as you did, Perry.
2: She did. She did. That's good. Hey, we've got
0: pictures of our program toasting Lee before his wedding as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's what it's about, man. That's you know, we can sit here and talk about the wins and all that stuff, but it's it's really about uh, these are the memories that we're gonna we're gonna remember for for the rest of the lives.
0: No, nah, as Lee and I were talking, and I was. We're filling each other in here. We saw a lot of similarities and parallels between your AAU program and our club softball program. Perry, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. You know, things are crazy for everybody right now, but we appreciate you taking some time on a Sunday evening with us.
2: No, thank you so much, guys. This was fun. And, you know, I wish you all the luck and we got to stay positive and, and, and things are going to get back on track. And, you know, the, that's what New York, New Jersey, I mean, the, you know, we, we're, we're resilient. We're hopeful. We're tough. And, and, you know, things are going to get better
0: yeah i hope you guys get to open up soon and assuming we all get back to play we'll uh we'll touch base with you and check in to see how the program is doing this summer awesome all right good luck to you Perry. thanks a lot
2: thank you so much guys take care. absolutely take care take care for lee rubin i'm mike
0: rosenblum thanks for listening to the club sports podcast be sure to click and subscribe to the show and check us out over on twitter and instagram at at club sports podcast thanks again for listening and we will see you next time